Welcome to Shekinah International Podcast. Our ministry reflects the five-fold ministry model Apostle Paul mentions in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. Our podcast features leaders from multiple churches who are passionate about equipping Christians just like you to walk in purity and power, fulfilling your God-given purpose. God wants to do great exploits through you, so enjoy today's podcast. Well, hey everybody, it's so good to be with you all. Um, Yeah, I've known Jackie for some years now. Uh, I think it was back at the House of Prayer East Lansing that we first met and all that. And um, yeah, so it's been, it's, it's, it's always great to, you know, be uh, with, you know, family, the spirit of, or, uh, yeah, the spirit of the Lord, you know, and just that we're bound together um, by his spirit. And so it's just always good just to be with uh, the spiritual family. And uh, yeah, I just want to honor uh, Stephanie, I know her as Miss Stephanie just growing up <laughs> and everything like that. So um, just want to honor her and everything that uh, she's doing right now. Got to meet the Cantus, who she's with in Arizona, and they're just fantastic people. We had this gathering at uh, Michigan State this past year because I've been doing uh, leading the campus ministry at the House of Prayer East Lansing, and we had this really big event called MSU Now, Night of Worship. And we had about 300 to 350 students. Um, We had 15 to 20 different campus ministries and ministries from across the city and all of that. And Stephanie and the Cantus were a part of that. And so it was just, they they were, they're our intercessory team, you know. (laughs) And it was so, so much fun. And um, the Lord did did an incredible work. And so I just want to give honor where honor is due. But yeah, so like what uh, Jackie said, I am um, currently slash transitioning from being the associate pastor and the campus ministry director at Spirit of Christ Church and the House of Prayer East Lansing. And Actually, the Lord opened a door that was, speaking of doors, you know, it's actually kind of crazy. The Lord opened a door um, a few months ago for me to become the uh, the new high school Bible teacher at Lansing Christian. So yeah, so that so I'll be doing that. Really, really exciting. It was it was actually kind of crazy how it all unfolded, how it all developed. Um, because I did not go to school to become a high school teacher, but the Lord, I believe, has something in store for Gen Z, which is a lot of high schoolers and some college and middle schoolers, and I believe the Lord is doing the work, and so I'm going to be the new Bible teacher there, but there's going to be like a whole crew of us doing that, Um, but today is actually um, kind of a double whammy because this morning I preached at Spirit of Christ Church, and I talked about the coming revival for Gen Z, for high schoolers and things of that sort. And as I'm transitioning into becoming a Bible teacher, I actually wanted to talk about the power of engaging with God's word. Because how many of you all know that God's word is still alive and it is still active? And one of the things that I love to say is that the Bible is alive because the one who spoke it is still living. <laughs> is that, that the one who spoke the word of God is 
alive. And that's why the Bible is alive. The one who spoke creation into existence, he is alive. And when we read his word and when we engage with the Bible, there is life and light that is imparted to us. And so I just want to talk about that today. And I want to take a stand particularly for my generation because I'm technically Gen Z too. I'm like the oldest Gen Zer you can get because Gen Z is Technically, 1997, 1999 to 2015, people born in between there. I was born May 27, 1997. So, um, <laughs> but, but I believe that the Lord is stirring something in a generation in which we would, in which somebody would get a hold of God's word and know and understand the power that it has to change and transform a life. Now, I just want to make that declaration from my generation is that the word of God is still powerful. The word of God is still alive. The word of God is still active, and it is still sharper than any double-edged sword. And as we engage with it, uh, the Lord just, he'll, he'll change and transform our lives. Um, yeah, so I just want to I just want to make that declaration today, make a statement, share some stories, and we're just gonna have some fun, okay? So we'll just we'll just get we'll just go with it. So I'll pray, and then we'll see where the Lord takes us, and yeah, then we'll respond, and um, yeah, let's just see what the Lord does. So yeah, Father, we come before you saying thank you. Thank you for the greatest gift, Lord, in your Son Jesus Christ, that He died on the cross for our redemption. He died on the cross for our salvation. And so God, we're saying today that we love your son. And Lord, we also love your word, the word that you wrote, the Bible, Lord, the books that you wrote to us for us that we may live by them. So God, I'm asking that you would touch us all today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So about three years ago, um, I mean, many of you all, this is actually a, a little bit past three years my dad is my dad is a pastor. Many of you all know him, um, Marvin Williams Sr. <laughs> I'm, I'm junior. <laughs> I got I just got a little bit more hair than him, and I'm a <laughs> and I'm a little taller. <laughs> I like to poke fun at him sometimes about that. But um, you know, growing up as a pastor's kid, you hear a lot about the Bible. Um, and in high school, I did a Bible study with a lot of my friends, and that was great. And it actually exploded. Like, man, there were so many students who were hungry for God. They were coming and being transformed and impacted. And then, you know, a few years later, it kind of got burned out a little bit from ministry, and it was just kind of weary. And um, but then received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and it just my life was radically transformed, radically transformed. But then it wasn't until the summer of 2019 that my journey kind of plunging into the depths of God's word actually began, because in the fall of 2018, I read in this book called Bible 360 about this professor who challenged his students to read through the Bible in 72 hours, so in three days. And so I, re so I read this, and I, I was just struck. And I said, oh, my goodness. I was like, do I have any friends that would take on this challenge? And so come the, so that was fall of 2018. That was when the seed was planted in my heart. And then in the summer of 2019, so just about six, seven, eight months later, um, I kind of pitched the idea to my friends. It kind of fell on 
deaf ears, and it was just like, yeah, you know, like what's going on? But then a few weeks, a couple weeks later, um, we had a, like a whole friend group chat and everything, and somebody entered into the group chat. They said, hey, we should actually do the thing that Marvin was talking about, about reading the Bible in 72 hours. And so I was like, all, I, was, I was like, I have all the mechanics. I have everything that we need to get going. We just need people to sign up. And so we had, we had about eight to nine people sign up and say, we're going to do this thing, and we're going to read through the Bible in 72 hours. And so in July 26, July 26 to July 29th, we set our hearts for three days, locked ourselves in an apartment pretty much, and we read through the entire Bible in 69 hours. Now, what was crazy about it, is too, it was just like, I guess maybe like in the zeal of our youth, we said, let's call a three-day fast. And so we called, we called a three-day fast while we're locked in the apartment, you know, reading the Bible for three days. And, you know, we're just sitting on the couch like, oh, my goodness, like, what is going on? And, you know, when you're, you know, in those times of fasting and prayer, you know, the Lord's just working on your heart so much. And I remember um, there were just moments when we were reading in the, in the Bible, and I would just break down and weep and weep and weep because I was getting touched so deeply. And I, um, after, after the, after the three days were done, it was actually kind of wild. We were all on our way back to the house of prayer and on our way, all of us were headed towards the same way. And we all saw the fattest double rainbow. Like it was the biggest double rainbow you could even imagine. And it was like the Lord putting a sign in the heavens saying, we saw, I saw what you did this weekend, that you all set your hearts to read my word to consecrate yourselves, to listen to what I've spoken. And I remember just being so touched. And, you know, that passage in Hebrews um, in Hebrews uh, 4.12 where it says, you know, the word of God is sharper than any double-edged sword. And I felt the piercing in my soul. I was like, oh, God. I was like, oh, my goodness. I was like, I just need to know you. I just need to know you in your word. Like, I, I don't know what's going on on the inside of me, God. I am so hungry to know you in your word. And so one of, it, one of the pieces in the chapter of the book that I read from, that I got the idea from, he said that if you give one hour a day just to Bible reading, then you will read the Bible through four times in one year. And that, that, that statistic just astounded me. He just said one hour a day. And I said, with this newfound passion for the word of God, this kind of piercing in my heart, I said, oh, my God. I was like, this is what I want to do. And I, and I was looking for a way to give my 20s to the, to the Lord. And, and, you know, I was about 22 at that time. And, I mean, I'm talking like it was like years ago. I'm, you know, it's like three years ago. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I was 22. And I just said, Lord, I want to give my 20s to you. And I want to get And I found, I was like, I want to spend my youth pouring it out over your word. And I remember I took that statistic that that guy wrote in the book and I said, this is what I'm going to do until I'm 30 years old. And I was like, I am going to get, I, I'm going to set a goal to read the Bible through 30 times by the time that I turn 30 years old. That was, that was the goal that I set in my heart. And by the grace of God, on September 1st, 2019, I set my heart to it. And by his grace, I've stayed true to it today. And so it's, it's been one of those journeys that I've been that I've been on, and I call it the 30 by 30. You know, uh, ESPN, they have 30, 
you know, 30 and 30 or something like that or whatever, you know. And I took that, I took that name and I was like, I'm going to do what ESPN did, but just call it, you know, use it for the Bible. Um, and so, so what I, but what I do, I want to talk about the power of reading God's word out loud. Because that was what we did in Bible Mania. That's what the 72-hour thing is. We took the Bible. We had a podium just like this, a music stand, and we we just read through the Bible. All of us, you know, we we slept, you know, all that. And then, but we had a rotation 24/7, and but we read the Bible out loud. And when I when I set my heart in 2019, September 1st, 2019. I said, I'm going to read the Bible out loud. And that, that, that's the key of what I want to hit on today. And it's just a very practical way of how to engage with the Bible. But it's also one of the most sanctifying practices that any believer can do. Because, and this is my first point, just a little bit of historical context, is that the Hebrew Bible was initially transmitted orally. Like, it wasn't just, you know, we didn't just get, you know, the Lord didn't just, you know, like the Bible didn't just come down and rest, you know, like that. (laughs) I mean, that'd be really simple. That'd be really easy. But that's not the way it happened. It, you know, Moses was a man, you know, a, a great prophet of God. Um, the, the one who would deliver Israel from uh, captivity and Egypt and all of that. But the way that the God, God spoke to Moses, and then Moses would go and speak to the people. And so the way that the, way that the Hebrew Bible was initially transmitted, the way that it was initially given, was by oral transmission, was about saying like it was by word of mouth. It was spoken out loud. And um, the and so the laws the laws of God were heard, repeated, and then passed to the next generation with extreme accuracy. And so that was how the Bible was originally transmitted from generation to generation. Was you had you know your grandpas, your mother, and your children, and they would all talk about the law of God and pass it down to the next generation. And so when we read the Bible out loud, you know. Now, when, you know, and with the invention of, you know, you know, writing utensils and, you know, papyrus and, you know, all that stuff and how it was transmitted and how the Bible was written down. Now we have now we have a book. But I want to I want to encourage us. um, And this is what I've been. This is kind of like one of my life messages, I think, in 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 regards to Bible engagement is getting us back to speaking the word of God out loud is that when we get into, you know, when we wake up in the morning, have our cup of coffee, or, you know, I, l- I always do Saturday morning donuts. <laughs> I love, that's one of my favorite things. I love sitting down with a nice maple maple cinnamon donut, <laughs> donut roll <laughs> on Saturday mornings. <laughs> but one of the practices that I've been getting into over the past three years, and I do this pretty much every single day, is that whenever I read the Bible, wherever I'm at, I am saying it out loud. And um, and I, I want to get into kind of like the science of it just in a minute here. But when we read the Bible out loud, we preserve the original method and the original way that to receive God's word. Like it's it's a really powerful transaction that happens. And so just wanting to make that encouragement and and it's it's a really practical, really simple and a really practical shift in the way that you interact with God's word. It's just simply reading it out loud. 
So just kind of diving just into the science, kind of like the spiritual science of reading the Bible out loud is actually beginning with the Bible. And the Bible, um, Scripture, uh, was inspired by God, the Holy Spirit, and written, and written by more than 40 humans over 1,500 years, okay? So you have over 40 authors who were inspired by God to write the accounts and all the words that we have in the Bible today. And, uh, and so it's just fantastic, and that's a span of over 1,500 years. And so the Bible is a human book. It's, it's a divine and a human book. It's human because God used humans. He used us to write down his words. So there's, you know, you have, you know, Peter, James, John, you know, all of these different people, uh, Luke, all these people, Moses, and, you know, some scribes and all of that stuff, Jeremiah, Isaiah, all these people that God used to write the scriptures. So it's, it's a human book. And what I mean also by a human book is that it's plain and it's understandable. That sometimes when we engage with the Bible, it's sometimes like, man, I don't really get this. Or, man, this is, like, really hard. Or, man, this feels like there's, a, you know, an, an encryption or, you know, like some kind, of, some kind of code that I'm just not getting. But the truth of the matter is that God used plain language to communicate to plain people so that we can understand it with our understanding, with our mind. And so God doesn't mean for the Bible to be difficult. God doesn't mean for the Bible to be ununderstandable, but it's for us and it applies to our life so that we can actually live according to the way that God wants us to live. And so, so the Bible is not only um, a human book, which means it's plain and understandable, and it takes some interpretive work sometimes and some study, but, you know, for the most part, it's pretty straightforward. But the Bible is also a divine book meaning that it's inspired by God and that it is authoritative, which meaning that it does have a right <laughs> to tell us how to live. It tells us what God likes, what he enjoys, and how, and how we can live a life that pleases him. That's what the, it's, it's inspired. It's a divine book. It's authoritative to... Um, to impose its laws and its statutes on us, to say, no, this is what God likes. But it's also alive and it's active, that it is able to pierce. It's able to, it's able to sever and discern between the desires in our heart and things of that sort. And so the Bible is a, is a human book, plain and understandable, but it's also a divine book, meaning it's authoritative, alive, and active. And this is one of the things that I love to say about the Bible. Is that, is that the Bible is the only book in the world in which the author is readily available at any time you want to talk to him. <laughs> is that you can talk to the author of the scriptures anytime you want to. You know, I don't know what kind of books you all are into. Like, I love reading biographies, but it's not like I can talk to, you know, the people who wrote the biographies all the time about certain people. And I don't know, you know, um, I used to read, you know, um, well, I mean, what's a, what's a book series like? You know, um, I you know, like you you would read all these book series. <laughs> I, I can't I can't think of one right now, um, but you would read all these book series. But you, it's not like you just have the hotline to the author and just say like, hey, you know, like let's talk about you know what you meant in chapter two. You know, you can't say that. 
But there are 66 books here, inspired, divinely inspired by God. And the good news today is that you can talk to him anytime you want to. In the middle of the night, he's available. In the middle of that, in the afternoon, he is available. Um, so I just, I just love saying that, is that the, the Bible is the only book in the world where the author is readily available at any time of the day. Um, and the point of the scriptures is to meet a man, is to meet Christ Jesus, the man Christ Jesus, that we would encounter him. You know, Jesus rebukes the Pharisees in John chapter 5. He says, you all study the scriptures, but you refuse to come to me. But the truth of the matter is that the scriptures, they point to me. They bear witness about me. And Jesus is the, is the one whom the scriptures talk about. Is the, Jesus is the one whom the scriptures point us to. And so we, we have to, we have, we, when we're engaging with the scriptures, it's about encountering the man Christ Jesus. And another thing, another thing that I, I love to say is that, um, you know, I, I, when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I was, you know, I was, I was 19 years old and I was like that, I was like that wild, fiery eyed kind of guy, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, the Holy Spirit, you know, he's amazing. And, you know, I, and I've come to realize this is that if you love the Holy Spirit, you must love the Bible. Because it's his only book. <laughs> you know, if he's the author, it's his only book. And if you love the Holy Spirit, you have to love the Bible. And, um, you know, I, I, I come from, you know, uh, Moody, Moody Bible Institute. That's where I graduate from. And it's a fairly conservative college. And so it's, it's a little weird, you know, have, being a person who, you know, Holy Spirit, fire baptized, being in a more conservative area. And I would say to my Moody friends, like, if you love the Bible, then you, you have to love the Holy Spirit because he's the author. <laughs> you know, like you have to love the author. And if you love the author, then you have to love his book. And it's the same thing. It goes for both camps because, you know, there are people in both camps. But, it, you know, a lot of people say, you know, it's about spirit and truth. And that's and that's true is that if we love the Bible, we have to love the Holy Spirit. And if we love the Holy Spirit, we have to love the Bible. And so just wanting to talk about the power of the Bible and what it is. But now here's the, here's the, here's the connect, is that our, our tongues are powerful. And that's why we declare things. It's because when we declare things, there is a real spiritual reality that is shifted and moved and things of that sort. And the Bible is explicit when it talks about the power of the tongue and that it can, it can build or destroy. It can build or break. And, you know, God, he spoke the word into existence, the world into existence, and we're made after his image that he has given us as believers, as humans, authority in our words, in the way that we speak to build somebody up or tear somebody down. And in James, he talks about this really explicitly. And I'll just read, I'll just read a, 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 just a segment of a passage in James 3, um, verses 1 through 12. And this is what he's talking about, the tongue. He says this. He says, my brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. 
For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to brittle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Uh, and it, he says this in verse 4. Look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so, is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea, is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Thus, no spring yields both salt water and fresh. And so James here is talking about the power of the tongue. And I don't know if you all have experienced the power of the tongue. I'm sure many of us have. I remember there have been moments when I was in high school where somebody said something to me that was really, really unkind. And it's marked me even to this day. And I'm, I'm sure many of us have experienced something like that in, in, in both a negative way and both a positive way. Where, some, where, you know, that timely encouragement came and it gave you the strength to keep going. And there is, there is legitimate power in the things that we say. And just even being in leadership, I've recognized that over the past year, that there is legitimate power and there is legitimate authority in the things that we say and the things that we carry. And so um, even as believers, we ought to be mindful of the power of our words and the power of the tongue. Now, this is where, this is where, the, this is where the, the turning point is and the connecting point in regards to engaging the Bible. Because I've said the Bible is a human book. And a divine book. It has power in it. And our tongues have power in it. And the words that we say and the things that we say. And the connecting point is this. Is when we say God's word out loud. Is that when we say the Bible out loud. That has power in it. And our tongues have power in it. When we read the word of God out loud. When we say it. There is power and life and light that is imparted to us, and it is for our edification. It's for our growth. It's for our moving forward and maturity in Christ Jesus. Amen? Does that make sense? So when we say the word of God out loud, there is life and light that is imparted to us. And... Um, 
when the yeah when the when the written word of God is read aloud, the Spirit imparts life and light to our spirit. And I call this this is this is called audible reading. I just kind of coined that phrase. I was just like, how do what do I call what I've been doing for the past three years? And so I was just I just call it audible reading. And the reason I call it audible reading is because it's about me hearing me read out loud. Like I, I read loud enough for me to hear myself. And so it's about saying the word. Oops, sorry, this is really close. It's about saying the word so much, so clear that I can hear myself because it's, um, because, you know, when you hear yourself talk to God in the place of prayer, it changes you. And when you hear God's word out loud, it changes you. It, it changes our heart. It edifies us. And you could call this audible reading. And another phrase that I kind of like, as I've been looking through the word of God, the, another phrase that you could use for audible reading is eating the scroll. <laughs> you know, uh, God, came to, God came to the prophet Ezekiel. God came to the prophet Jeremiah. And he came to the apostle John. And he said, eat this scroll. <laughs> and, you know, they would, it, it was a prophetic gesture. But they would eat this scroll, and oftentimes it would be sweet, you know, to the, to the mouth, but it would be bitter to the stomach and things of that sort. But, you know, when I, I, I just call getting the word, of, the word of God in our mouths, eating the scroll. And it's about consuming the word of God. And the truth of the matter is this, is that when we eat the scroll, because, you know, Jesus speaks that um, one passage, you know, and it's, found in Deuteronomy as well, that man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so there is real spiritual nourishment that happens when we hear the word of God and when we read the word of God out loud. And, and, what, and what it is, when we eat the scroll or when we read the word of God out loud, our spirits are nourished, that our, our hearts are nourished. Uh, from the, from the bread of God's word, and whether you whether you know it or not, this is actually how kings in the Old Testament would protect their kingdom, is that they would protect their kingdom by reading God's word. And it says this in Deuteronomy seventeen nineteen. It says this: He shall read it. Uh, this is God talking in context of the kings and reading the Bible or the the Hebrew Bible or the Scriptures. He shall read it all the days of his life that he may learn to fear the Lord by carefully observing all the words of this law and these statutes. And so God actually commissioned and actually told the kings that this is the key to protecting your kingdom. So if a, if a king needed to read the word of God in order to protect his kingdom, how much more do we need to guard our hearts by reading God's word? By interacting and engaging with scripture, and I'm really advocating for, I mean, you know, reading God's word out loud, audible reading. And so just talking about, um, yeah, and, 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 I've, and as I've been going, as I've been going about, this is, this is something that I've been telling a lot of people. It's like, just read the Bible out loud. And my sister, she actually took me up on that challenge, and, and she texts me one day. She says, hey, Marvin, you know, like, I've been reading the Bible out loud. And it's been rocking my world. Like, she was like, I, everything is so much clearer. I'm able to remember what I read. <laughs> how, many of you, how many of you all know? I, I barely remember sometimes what I read this morning, you know. But reading the Bible out loud it helps you 
memorize and it does an internal working and a storage kind of work in our hearts. And then, you know, we had, like I said, uh, you know, we did a Bible mania some years ago, a few years ago in 2019, but we've, we've done two more of those since then. And we just did another one this past, last weekend where we read through the Bible in three days. We completed it in 70 hours. And one of the girls who was on the team, she comes up to me a few days later and she says, the Bible has never been so, so clear to me. And then another guy said, he was like, that was the top three experiences of my spiritual Christian walk is just simply being in a room, reading the Bible out loud together. And so this thing, it's not just, it's not just something that I'm just saying, oh yeah, just go ahead and do it. But this is something that has actually impacted the lives of many people. It's just reading the Bible out loud. And I, I kind of, as I'm wrapping up here, just want to just want to emphasize and kind of bring you to a story that um, that actually that actually talks about the power of reading God's word out loud, and this is in context to um, to the exiles returning from Babylon, and as the exiles are returning, um, you know because the the sin of the people got them exiled, kicked out of the land, and everything. And they were in Babylon for, it was a 70-year exile. And when the people came back, Zerubbabel and Joshua, the high priest, they would rebuild the temple. But then a man by the name of Ezra, he would come in and he was a skilled scribe from the line of Aaron. Okay, so he was this guy who knew the Bible really well. And, you know, he came. And what he did is that seeing that Israel was in shambles, that they were just a broken people spiritually because they were they had been exiled. He's like, I have to do something. I have to bring a reform to my people. And what he does is that he centers the reform around the reading of God's word out loud. And so this is what it says in, in Nehemiah chapter 8. In Nehemiah chapter 8, verses 1 through 3, and then I'll, I'll move down some, uh, some verses, and uh, we'll just see this portion here. It says this. Um, I'll start in, yeah, verse, verse 1. It says, Now all the people gathered together as one man in the open square that was in front of the water gate, and they told Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law, or their Bible, the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded Israel. So now all of Israel is beginning to gather. Ezra is told to bring the book of the law of Moses so that they can read it. It says this, So Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly of men and women, and all who could hear with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. Then he read from it in the open square that was in front of the water gate from morning until midday before the men and women and those who could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. And so <laughs> I said to the Bible Mania team as I was briefing them, um, I said, I said, Bible Mania didn't begin with us, you know, just a bunch of zealous young people. It didn't begin in those people, you know, with that testimony in the book. But Bible Mania actually began with the exiles. 
they stood in a court full of people. And Ezra, he stood at a podium just like this. And he opened the Bible. He opened the book of the law. And he's reading. They read the entire law of the, the entire book of Moses from morning, it says, until midday. And that he read, he read it to the entire congregation of people. And this is, and this is what it says in um, verse 6. It says, and Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. Then all the people answered, amen, amen, while lifting up their hands. And they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. And then this is also what it says um, in verse 9. Jump into verse 9. It says, and Nehemiah, who was the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn nor weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. And so when they heard God's word out loud, there is this spirit of conviction. There is this tenderness and there is this, oh my God, we've, we've transgressed God's law. Like, we, we, like we've heard his words, but, like, but hearing it again is just stirring something tender in us. And that's the effect that reading the Bible out loud has. And there have been several moments in, in my time with these Bible manias that I've wept every single time. Every single time we've done it, I've wept just nearly uncontrollably because the word of God is alive, it's active, and it is able to change and transform our lives. That is like, that, that, is, that is the power of the word of God. And you know what they did? You know what they did after they, you know, read the, read the word of God? Is that they repented and they turned back to God with all of their heart. And they said, Lord, we will follow your ways no matter what. That's the power of reading God's word out loud. And I just want to talk, I, and then as I'm, as I'm wrapping here, just want to tell you all about the benefits of reading the word of God out loud. I have a list of 10 benefits. I'm just going to run through just three really quickly. And the first one is this one. This is actually the first thing that I noticed when I began my journey in September 1st, 2019. Uh, the first thing that I noticed was my desire for holiness increased. I, I remember <laughs> when I began reading the word of God out, out loud, just I, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just reading it. And I just remember, like, if I would come across something, like, on Instagram or if I would see something on, like, YouTube that just wasn't right or good, I just remember being so tender towards it. And I was just like, oh, wait, I, I actually don't want to, to look at this. I don't want to hear, listen to this. I don't want to do these things because, like, I, I'm like, what I'm gaining in God is way too rich. What I'm gaining in, in God is way too good to allow it to be defiled by some some sin or something that I'm letting in my eyes. And so my desire for holiness increased exponentially. And, um, and you know, the word of God has a washing effect on the church. You know, it says in Ephesians 5, 26, the apostle Paul, he talks about the washing of the water of God's word. And what he means really in that context is the gospel. But I think there's a similar effect that, you know, the Bible testifies to the gospel. It testifies to the man Christ Jesus. And so I believe that as we read the word of God out loud, that there is a washing effect that comes on us, that, that, that our desires are purified, that our minds are purified, that everything on the inside of us here is purified. 
And God wants his people to walk in holiness. And as we read the holy word and engage with a holy God, it's only natural that we walk and live lives of holiness. So that's the first effect and the first benefit that I found from reading the word of God out loud. The second thing is that is, is revelation. Like my first, my first, you know, go through, through the Bible, I, I didn't have any notes because I, I was like, man, I hardly understand anything I'm reading. <laughs> but as I've stuck with it and as I kept going, you know, I'm on year three now of really intensely going into this thing. I can't, I don't have enough space on my notes to write down all the revelation that God is giving me. And it's because you, gr- you grow in revelation over time. It's not just an overnight microwave McDonald's kind of thing, you know, like it's, a, it's about, it's about sticking with it over time. And it's not like I'm decades into it. I'm just three years into this thing and the Lord is releasing revelation in things I hadn't known before. And um, what I, audible reading, what it does, it stores God's word in our heart and and what it it stores it so that when the lightning of revelation hits, that it's like, oh my gosh, I've never seen that passage like that before. And, And so that's what it does. It's like that, it's that store, it's that storehouse for his word. And when lightning, when the lightning of revelation hits it, you're just awestruck at the wonder of who God is. And so holiness and then revelation, and it takes the spirit of wisdom and of revelation to really get and engage and understand God's word. And we can pray for that is the spirit of wisdom and of revelation. And then the third thing, and this this is what I'll close with, is that the Bible is actually pleasurable. (laughs) Is that there is actual delight in reading God's word. It doesn't have to be, you know, some wooden thing in some thing where it's like, oh, my gosh, I have to sp- get up in the morning, spend time with God and his word and all that stuff. It, it doesn't have to be like that. <laughs> and it's not like that. And I've actually understood um, over the years as I've been doing this is that there is legitimate pleasure in reading God's word. Um, it's, it's become my number one source of entertainment. Like, you know, like, like, you know, like I, I, there's last year, my dad brought me up and he interviewed me about like my Bible reading and stuff like that. And I told, I told the whole crowd, I said, I said, Netflix, Hulu, Disney plus has nothing on the word of God. And it's, it's true, (laughs) you know, um, like, like, and I, I, I say this, I say this with real humility and saying this, but like. Um, but I, I am right now, like I said, I'm on, you know, September 1st was my September 1st, 2019. Since then I am, I am on number 17 right now, like my 17th round in the Bible within three years. And, and I can, I kid you not, I never, ever get tired of it. It's because the word of God is eternal and it's actually delightful. It's actually enjoyable. Now, that doesn't, that doesn't mean I don't watch Netflix. That doesn't mean I don't watch Disney Plus, you know, like, <laughs> I'm not saying anything like that. But, but the, the word of God holds legitimate pleasure in it. And I want to take a stand for my generation and just, just saying and declaring it, and I'll never stop declaring it. That the word of God is able to change and transform. It is able to 
reshape and reconfigure a generation. Like I, I said this morning, a, a shocking statistic is that with Gen Z, which are people who are born, you know, 1997 slash 1999 to about 2015, um, people born in between that, those uh, years, is that 4% of Gen Zers, which is about six, uh, 69, there's about 69 million total Gen Zers. And out of, out of those 69 million, 4%, 4% have a biblical worldview. 4% of Gen Zers, this is, this is, a, this is an official release by Barna. The, these are people who do like faith, Gen Z, generational studies, and things of that sort. 4% of Gen Zers have a biblical worldview. And do you know what can correct that? What can realign, can bring you to a, a, a spiritual, spinal chiropractic, you know, is engaging with this right here. It's the word of God. Is that as, as a generation rediscovers the word of God, kind of like King Josiah, you know, where he heard the words of God, was convicted, and the whole entire nation was reformed. I believe we're in store for something like that, where a generation would rediscover the power of God's word, take it, and say, oh my goodness, this is, this is, what, this is what we need, because this, this holds the answers to our problems. And as the light of revelation hits God's word, hit God's word you know, in the hearts of these young people, I believe that there is a spiritual reform that is coming to us, a revival that the Lord will use to shift the entire world. And I believe that we're in store for something pretty amazing. Amen? Amen. Thank you for listening today. Take a moment and ask Holy Spirit what He wants you to do with what you've learned. And remember, with God, all things are possible. So keep dreaming. Keep praying and simply obey because God is good and he has good plans for you. You can subscribe to our blogs, learn about our speakers, and even hear from one of our team members how you can take part in transforming a city, your city with Christ. There's no time like the present. Visit ShekinahOnline.com. If this doesn't excite you, watch for our new and God-inspired product line, a newly released book by Stephanie Butler, more testimonies from our listeners like you, working to bring unity in cities across the world. If you feel led to support our podcast, you may do so on our Shekinah.com website. Or if you would like to support us monthly, there is a link labeled Listener Support on every podcast. Until next time, we thank you, we love you, have a blessed day.